welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Second Corinthians chapter nine, what does verse 10 say? Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse 10 says, now I'm reading out of the New King James. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower, this is praise the Lord. We are so blessed that the blessed people call us blessed. <laughs> Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. So, um, I want to share just for about five minutes something about Randall Greer that um, rose up inside of me pretty strong here. Um, Let me see if I can find it. I have so many notes up here today. There it is right there. So I'm going to read you something here. Actually, I'd like you to read it with me. Turn to Matthew chapter 9. Randall Greer feels led of the Lord to come to our church when he could go anywhere. And I take it very serious. I mean, when we're led to have somebody in our church, it can't just be something we want. We definitely don't want to get into the Christian celebrity thing. I mean, if we do that, we'll forget that it's the Holy Ghost. Is, is, you know, he's, he's the number one honored guest in our presence. Um, and I don't know about you, but I've sensed just as strong an anointings in our Sunday morning service as I have in a Keith Moore service. Here in the church, just as strong. Mark Hankins, Jesse Duplantis, we've sensed just as strong of anointing. You know why? Because the same Holy Ghost they have, we have. Right? And the same anointing they have, we have. And it's a wonderful thing. Um, But Randall Greer, and most of you know this, I've shared this already, but he got saved on his third escape from prison because he had five felony charges and um, he. He was called of God at a very young age, but he got off into sin and crazy living and all this stuff. And so he's escaping from prison the third time. He's got about three girls in the car, just driving down, partying, having a great time. Oh, I escaped from prison again. But he said something happened. He said that the presence of God came into his car. And he heard these words, Son, my spirit will not always strive with man. This is your last call. If you don't respond to me and get saved and turn yourself in and and repent of your lifestyle, the devil has some traps ahead for you. And you're about to die and go to a devil's hell. This is your last call. You will not have another chance if you reject me from this moment forward. Well, he said the presence of God was so strong, he wet his pants. The girls in the car freaked out because they could sense the presence of God. They had no idea what it was. So they opened the doors and booked So he's sitting in his car shaking and the Lord said, go turn yourself in and plead guilty to all five felony charges. Don't do any negotiating. Just plead guilty. Don't go to no court. Just plead guilty to all of them. He says, if you will do that, if you will do the right thing, I can help you out of this mess. But if you try to fix it yourself, I'll do some plea bargaining. If you're guilty, you're guilty. Basically is what he said. Go turn yourself in and if you'll do that, I can work through that. Well, he went and turned himself in. They threw him in jail, life without parole. They said he'd get get released in the month of none. But he got saved, gloriously born again, had an experience with God in the prison as well. And God got him out in a very short amount of time. He's he's still young, I feel. He's probably our age, but um, he's he's been preaching for over two decades, three decades, uh, from prison to preaching. Got his own aircraft, got his pilot's license, his son, his wife, they're all in the ministry. They're doing great things for the Lord, Randall Greer Ministries. He's coming here. And I wanted to show you something here. Now, he's got a testimony. He'll probably share some of his testimony of how he lived a terrible life with the drug dealers, with everybody, and got saved, went to, excuse me, got saved, went to prison. That's interesting. I got saved and went to prison. <laughs> but God sets the captives free. So he got out of prison, and he's probably going to give his testimony. So we need to be thinking about more than ourselves when he's here next weekend. It's next weekend, right? So all you guys are in Mark chapter, or Matthew chapter 9. I wanted to show you something here about Randall, because we want to hand out some invitations to you to hand out, because you know people, I and we don't know. Matthew 9, verse 1. Um, 
Exit 9-1. Can you show this out of the King James? There's one word in the King James Bible. You know, the King James is the one Paul used and Jesus used. <laughs> I'm kidding. It says, Jesus entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. Next couple words. And behold. Anybody know what behold means? Check this out, says the Lord. Slow down. Behold what, Holy Spirit? They brought. You can read the next two verses that says a paralyzed man got healed that they brought. But let's don't jump over what the Holy Spirit says to behold. What do you say behold? Now when you see the word they, they is us. I said they is us. And it's interesting, in our day, the Jesus, we need to bring them to as us also, because we are the body of Christ. So we operate in both. They brought, he healed. Did you know Jesus is very pleased when we bring people to his church in faith, believing he will help them? Jesus is pleased when we bring people to his church in faith. Believing he will help them. This is not the only scripture. Luke chapter 5 says, they brought. Matthew 9 says, they brought. Acts chapter 4, and they brought unto him people from all quarters, and they were healed, every one. There is a they brought ministry, and you are drafted today into it. There is a they brought ministry. Do you believe in the body of Christ enough to bring somebody and expect them to be helped. If we don't have enough faith to bring people, why are we here? If we don't have enough faith, I mean, there's people that bring people to movies more than they bring people to church. Why do people bring people to movies and concerts? Because they want others to experience this amazing thing and not just have it for themselves. Guys, there is a they brought ministry and we is they. Jesus needs us bringing people like he needed people bringing people back then. He could not get to every place. They brought, worked hand in hand with, he healed. I'm convinced that this next Sunday and this Sunday, of course, but it's a little late now to invite somebody. But next Sunday... Let's please the Lord and bring somebody in faith, believing they're going to get healed of a life of sin, depression and fear, disease and cancer, bondage and, and just anything that's binding them. Can we do that? Can we at least put our ear open a little bit more and stick our antenna up a little higher and say, Lord, I'm not just going to work next week. I'm also looking for someone to bring to you. Now, if, if I... If I was a billionaire and I promised each one of you a million dollars, if you would bring somebody next week, how many of you would bring somebody? Come on, John. You can do a lot with a million dollars, man. You can give it to me if you don't want it. <laughs> I don't need all that prosperity. What about your neighbor? If God can't get it to you, he can't get it through you. How many of you, just be honest with me, okay? If I, if I had a million dollars, a billion dollars, and I wanted to give everybody in this room a million, that's only like, could be only 200 million. I still got 800 million. So how many of you would bring somebody if I offered you a million dollars? Why? Because your motivation is strong enough. I mean, hey, give them half of it to get them here if you have to. Most people come to church for a lunch afterwards. Okay, what did, I, what did I just prove there? We could do it. Why don't we? If we do it for money, why wouldn't we do it for Jesus? I said, if we do it for money, why wouldn't we do it for Jesus? If we do it for money, why wouldn't we do it for Jesus? He said in Luke, I want my house full. Go to the highways, go to the byways, go to the hedges, go to the streets and compel them to come in. Why? Because he's got a meal for them that will save their life. That's right. That's right. If we would do it for money, 
Why wouldn't we do it for Him? Many people need to get back to their first love. Do you remember how you were when you first got saved? You know, before you saw all the imperfections in the church and the imperfections in leadership, all you saw was God moving. And you brought people and you invited people and you sent people links to the website so they could hear the message. We need to get back to our first love. This is why we were born again and not in heaven right now. So we can continue this. I just, I just see a lot of wrong going on in that church. Well, there's a lot of right going on too. Amen? Thank you, Joe. There's a lot of right going on. Jesus said, seek and you'll find. That works for good and bad. Somebody goes, I see too much stuff in that church. I see things in that church I don't agree with. And the person next to him, I see Jesus and I got healed. You're going to find what you seek for. If you want the bad, Jesus says, seek the bad and you'll find the bad. What good is that? What's that going to do for your life? Nobody's claimed to be perfect yet, but there is a lot of good among us imperfect ones. And if you seek for that, you'll leave with that. Right? So Randall's going to be here. And so I just wanted to say this, that we need to behold they brought. If we want to see he healed. We are a great people and we have great power. How about we all bring somebody next week for our love for the Lord. Getting people exposed to a word of God. The worship, just even the worship. People get healed. Hearts are touched. Amen. Okay. Are you ready for more? Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Mark. And so for the remaining time, I prayed, I sought the Lord, and I believe I have something that goes right along with everything else we've been saying. And it actually goes right along with Vision Sunday, which is February 7th, I believe. Is that correct? Or 6th? 6th. February 6th, 2022 is Vision Sunday. And so let's do this right now before we go. Can we go ahead and hand out the Randall Greer invites? And at the same time, can we hand out the vision cards? Is that possible, guys? You got them both, Sean? You guys got them both? Let's give two invites to each person and one vision card to each person, not families. Let's break this down to individuals. Give two vision cards to each person. I mean, excuse me, two Randall cards to each person, one vision card to each person. The reason I want to give you two invites because this will help you remember next Sunday, Randall Greer, and help you invite somebody. So we're equipping you to do the work of the ministry here. Two Randall Greer invites to each person, and I know this might take a minute, but it's worth it, and one vision card to each person. I'll say that one more time. Two Randall Greer invites to each person, one vision card to each person. This will help equip you to evangelize and bring people, and it'll also explain what I'm going to be talking about for the rest of the service. Thank you, Lord. And boy, don't forget, don't do not dash out after the service. Hit the connection arena out there. Hit the connection tables. Go look. Go hook up. Connect. Connect. Be a partaker of the grace that's on this ministry. Hook up. We talked about that Wednesday night about some things the Lord has done for us, he'll do for you. Man, when you're hooked up with ministries that are going places, you're going to go places. If you're hooked up with ministries that got delivered from stuff, you're going to get delivered from stuff. If you're hooked up with ministries that got through things that you're not supposed to get through, you're going to get through things. Partaker of the grace. Um, while they're finishing that up, um, we're going to talk today for the remaining time, which is only about a half an hour. We're going to talk about You ready? Strong reasons to overcome. I like to put it this way. Strong reasons that will wake up the faith you already have to kick problems out of your life. You got the faith. You need a really powerful on fire reason for your faith to wake up. I guess we could say this, strong desire 
the missing ingredient. How many want your cake to rise? <laughs> Anybody want your cake to rise? There's been a missing ingredient among faith, Christ, faith churches, and that is the desire part of seeing great things. Satan is out to steal your desire and place his desires in your life. Are you following me? And just because you don't desire something now, you can crave it a week from now, depending on what you're going to spend your time watching and hearing in environment. So we're going to talk about strong reasons to overcome the missing ingredient to seeing change in your life. The Lord pointed out a missing ingredient, at least for Faith Heights Church, and it's called desire. Not just a desire when the church service is flying and the, and the praise music is blasting, but that desire gets stronger even when the music stops. Tomorrow it's even stronger. It doesn't wane. Why? Because God gives us the desires of our heart. That's deep. That's core. That's big. Jesus said, will you be made whole? Why? What does that matter? Because your faith will only go as far as your desire to overcome. Your faith stops where your desire to overcome stops. All right. What, what comes first in Mark eleven twenty four? Somebody tell me what comes first. What things soever you desire. Why, do we, why don't we stop on desire once in a while? Why don't we talk about desire? Because really, if your desire wanes, your faith has nothing to make real. That's so good. All right. So look here in Mark eleven twenty four. Mark eleven twenty four, And we're going to connect this some to our vision list that we're going to talk about just before we close. Mark chapter 11, verse 24, please. King James Version. Therefore, I say unto you. Yeah, we need the King James again. KJV, thank you. Therefore, Jesus said, I say unto you, what things soever you desire. What does it start with? I want something. I desire something. And I'm going to tell you right now, the stronger your desire for what you know God wants you to have, the better your faith works on it to bring it to pass. Faith is not interested in okay. Faith is not really interested in, oh, that would be fine. Faith is interested in changing things. All right? And change has a lot to do with wanting it bad enough. Let me put it this way. When it comes to disease, fear, oppression, lack, poverty, we will live at the level we're willing to put up with. Where are you at today at the level you're willing to put up with? What do you mean, Pastor? Well, yeah, I got this problem here and I got that problem there and I got this lack here, but you know, I'm okay with it. Then you'll live at that level. You need to, be, you need to not be okay with fine anymore. Not after what Jesus has done. Right. Say this, I'm not okay, I'm not okay. With, fine with fine anymore. anymore. I want life, I want life. more abundantly. Because that's what Jesus provided. Jesus did not call us to live a boring life. Scripture after scripture talks about if you do what I tell you to do, if you walk in love, if you serve me, your joy will be full. Oh my goodness, just a fullness of joy will bring people to church. The real stuff, you know, not Hollywood, he, he, he. The real stuff that lasts forever, not based on a joke. Based on him. So full of God and so Involved with what he has for your life, you just <laughs> this is what he has for every child of God. So, Mark eleven twenty four. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive those things you desire when you pray, and you shall have them. So, you shall have comes after what? You shall have comes after believe. What does believe come after? Desire. Do we need all three of these? <laughs> yeah, we do. You need to have it. And here's the thing. Ezra chapter 4 verse 5 
says that the, the devil stirred up people to hire counselors to frustrate Israel's purpose. Wicked people inspired of the devil to frustrate God's people's purpose. Say this, I have a purpose. And it ain't small. It ain't no little thing. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Something was motivating him. Something was stirring up his desire so strong. He said, go ahead and go ahead and kill me because I know what's on the other side of this. I am the sacrificial lamb. I see people in heaven because of what I'm doing. I see my father pleased because of what I'm doing. He had something. He had a vision in front of him that kept his desire hot. And he went through with the plan of God, even unto death and descending into hell and then rising from the dead. What if he didn't have that before him? This is where vision lists come in. What if he didn't have that before him? I'm not sure he would have endured the cross. It said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What's before you? What's on the other side, guys? What's on the other side of being faithful with your vision list for the next 12 months? This is why you need to put pictures. I like vision walls. <laughs> We're talking about a vision list. Terry Savelle Foy likes vision boards. I like vision walls. <laughs> I like big pictures. <laughs> Anything you invest in, seeing what God has for your life, clearly is worth the investment. So what, what comes before believe and you shall have? Desire. All right. So turn with me to Romans chapter 3. Say this. While you, can you say this while you're turning? My faith will only go as far as my desire to overcome. Our faith will only go as far as our desire to overcome. So one of the things the devil's fighting is to keep you thrilled with what God says yours. The devil's fighting to keep you mundane about God's vision for your life. Yeah. Oh, that's nice, but you know what? This is what I want to do right now. The devil's going to throw... How many know the devil's going to try to put vision in your life? Let me, let me explain that. He took Jesus up on the pinnacle of a temple and showed him something. And when we're going to talk about vision, son, he showed him. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said, if you will bow down and worship me, all that I have is yours. I'll give it to you. It's been delivered to me. Adam gave it to me and Jesus, I'll give it to you. What's he doing? He's trying to get his vision in Jesus. So he's stirred up about something other than the plan of God. Did you know, okay, this is just a little side thought here. Did you know that you right now, today, are a product of what you've been hearing and seeing up till now. Hmm? It, 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 it's, the big thing is not that somebody went flaky. The big thing is, what were they listening to and watching that led them to being flaky? See, when somebody comes to me with a big problem, the big problem, what they're talking about to me is not the big problem. The big problem is how they got there. Hearing and seeing determines your future. This is why you want to turn off a 99% of secular news. Because that news will change you. I promise you, there are people fighting each other today all because of what they've been hearing and seeing others hear and see, say. What others are saying and doing. If you would stop listening to certain junk, you would be a different person. So I want to change my life. Everybody pray for me, Pastor, and I'll be set free. You may get free, but you may not stay free unless you let us talk to you about what you've been hearing and seeing. It's such a waste of time to try to counsel kids. Why did you pull the trigger? Why did you light the fire? Why did you do all that stuff? Oh, we need to find out what's wrong. What's wrong? You want to fix the kids? Slap them when they're wanting to play some stupid, violent, ungodly, X-rated video game 
and watch this junk 24-7 because if you just slap their hand, they're going to go back to it. You got to talk about what have you been hearing, buddy? What have you, you been looking at? What have you been hearing? What have you been looking at? Okay, let's have all these classes to, to, to get our kids set free from these weird behavior problems and, and violence. Let's get them set free. Let's, let's teach them that. Oh, that's not good, Johnny. That's not good, Susie. You shouldn't do that. How about, all right, you want free? Stop the junk you've been putting in your head. Stop it. All right, here's, you ready? If you want healing and you want freedom, attend to God's words. Incline your ear to his sayings. Yep. Don't let them depart from their, your eyes and you'll be healed and live in health. Yep. Right? Yes. What did God say? What you're hearing and seeing determines your future. Good or bad. How about Lot? When he's in Sodom and Gomorrah, what did it say there? It said Lot vexed his own righteous soul from day to day hearing and seeing their unlawful deeds. What does hearing and seeing do for you? I know people personally, lovers of this church, lovers of the word of God, lovers of the presence of God, lovers who turned after they started listening to something different. And didn't just say, oh, I'm going to step over here. Came against. Strongly. Boom. You know, like... Why? And so I'm thinking, well, they're, they're coming against us. They're coming against the church. It's not the problem. What you've been listening to the last few weeks, that's the problem right there. That's the problem. What changed you? So turn to Proverbs chapter 29. No, I'm sorry. Did I say Romans 12? Romans 12, I'm sorry. Romans 12, verse 3. Romans 12, verse 3. So here's the big question, child of God. Here's the big question. Why haven't we seen more overcoming power show up? Missing ingredient. So let's look at Romans 12, verse 3. King James is fine again. Paul said, I say through the grace given unto me, Christian, to every man that is among you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Say this, I have faith. I have faith. Faith for what? Well, the Bible says a faith the size of a mustard seed would... Cause the impossible to happen in your life. Say this, I have faith. I have faith. Say this, God, God did not shortchange me. Not the, faith the faith I have is more than enough, more than enough to, overcome to overcome every problem in life. Church, listen. The Bible says that he gave us his faith. Jesus said, have the faith of God. He offers it to everybody. He's given it to everybody, right? You got the faith. How many think the faith of God can fix your problem? Why hasn't it? You have it. Why hasn't it? You got it. You have faith. If you have faith, where's the victory? If you have faith, where's the house paid for? Problem in the body. Fixed. Where is it? See, see, to tell somebody they don't have faith is really not a good thing to say because they do. And plus it makes people feel bad. You don't have faith. You don't have faith. Maybe they just didn't know they have faith. Maybe they didn't know that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. Maybe they didn't know that. Say this, I have faith, I have faith to, overcome the world. to overcome the world. Got that? Why hasn't our faith been working like it could and should. Faith, your faith is not going to bring something to pass that you don't have a strong desire for. Your 
faith is not going to bring something to pass you don't have a strong desire for. Faith is serious business and it needs serious desire. I like to ask this question to people at times. So you want your house paid off? Yeah, I want my house paid. You want to get out of debt? Yeah, I want to get out of debt. So you, you, you want to be able to have enough resources to, to give more? Yeah, I want to give more. Do you want to bless your kids? Yes, I want to bless my kids. Do you want to be a bigger giver? Yes, I want to be a bigger giver. All right. You want that? You want that? How about go a step higher? What if you had to be rich? Child of the living God with faith to overcome anything. What if you had to be higher in that area? You know, you've heard stories of people have supernatural strength when they're when something real heavy falls on their little child or a car runs over them and the, the mom's picking the car up because something happened. What, what happened? What happened? Well, the strength she had all along just now had a strong reason to be used. Where did that supernatural strength come from? A strong enough desire to see a change? The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life and don't let it go. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's talking about the core center of your life, the center of your attention, the center of your thoughts. When it's that strong, get ready. Your faith's going to work great. So what, what, what can you do to feed that desire? One thing is make a vision list, which what I said we'll talk about in just a minute. So let me say this. You have faith to overcome. We just read it. God's dealt to every man the measure of faith. Okay, you also have access to God, your Father, and everything He has. There's more than one place in the New Testament that says you, believer, are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. What does that mean? You have access to God and everything He has. All right? Where is it? You've got to latch on to it. You've got to latch on to it with seriousness. Desire, focus, faith. You got to say, I can't live without this. I can't fulfill the will of God without this. Of course I have to have this. Oh, come on, church, think, think about this, think about this. Why could a two-week typhoon, roughest storm on record, right? Why could a storm designed by the devil to destroy everyone on that ship, 276 people, how could, how could a man not die and how could everybody on the ship not die when they're supposed to die? Hmm? Did you ever think about that? Paul was on board. That helped a lot. Oh, they would all been, they would have been, their graves would have been in the ocean. So they're on a boat. The angel speaks to Paul in the midst of this typhoon. Everybody's freaking out. They know they're going to die. All hope they should be saved was lost. Sun nor stars nor moon shined in many days and a great tempest lay upon them and they're all going to die and an angel appears to Paul in that boat. Paul's the prisoner, you know. And isn't this interesting, guys? Isn't it interesting that Paul told the captain of the ship and the owner of the ship, don't sail now. I perceive this voyage will be of much hurt and damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but of our lives. Well, the captain of the ship and the owner of the ship believed the weatherman more than Paul, the prisoner, so they set for sail. They said the south winds were blowing softly. The weather said everything was great. Paul, you're crazy. You must have had too much manicotti or something. <laughs> Manna, Cotty, get it? Anyway, Manna Burgers, whatever. They, they sailed out, they sailed out, and lo and behold, a tempestuous wind came up called the wind of Eurocladin, and the typhoon began, and they all liked to died in the ocean, except Paul was on board, and he had to be somewhere for God. I said he had to be somewhere for God. 
What if you have to do something for God? Then there ain't no storm that's going to kill you until you're done. And even after you're done, you don't have to die of the storm. You can leave when you're ready. You know, called breathe your last and you're gone. You don't need a sickness to evict you. Learn to die. How? Oh, we can't practice. <laughs> True, but we can read scriptures. Maybe we'll learn. Maybe we'll talk about this sometime. How to die. How to give up the ghost instead of wait for a disease to force you out. Well, so he's, he, okay, get this. Just get this, guys. They are out of the will of God. They sailed when they weren't supposed to. And they're out of the will of God, yet God still protected them. Think about this. Think about, now you don't want to get out of the will of God because you waste time and you go through stuff you wouldn't have to go through otherwise. But, even though they were out of the will of God, they landed on an island. They landed on an island. And the natives were so, so kind and courteous that they brought them all in, built a big fire, got them all warm, saved them from freezing to death. And now they're, they're, remember, they're out of the will of God. But what's God doing? He's showing you that even if you'll stay with me, though you've made some wrong choices, I'll still get you to your goal. And I'll protect you and we'll have revival on the way. Amen. In the midst of being out of my will. So they're out of his will. They get on an island and their big fire and Paul grabs a bundle of sticks and puts it on the fire and a venomous beast bites his hand and poison goes into him and everybody on the island knows when you get bit by this, you die quick. And so they said, this man's a murderer, no doubt. No doubt he's a murderer. He's going to die in just a couple seconds. He didn't die. He shook it off. A couple hours went by and they go, hmm, maybe he's a god. <laughs> and they thought he was a god. They went murderer to God. What's going on? Why couldn't the storm kill Paul? Why couldn't the viper kill Paul? Because the angel said, when the ship was blowing apart, the angel said, Paul, fear not. For all the people on board with you are going to be alive as long as they stay on the ship, as it's breaking apart. Because, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. What's going on here? When God tells you to do something, there ain't no storm that can stop you. There ain't no snake bite that can stop you. There ain't no black widow bite that can stop you. There ain't no bullet that can stop you. Are you kidding me? When you're, what if you had to be healed? What if you had something to do for the Lord? What if you had to be rich? What if your desire got so strong that you had to be? Viper can't kill you. Storm can't kill you. Bullet can't kill you. A plague can't kill you. Why? Because you're doing something for the king. Are you kidding? You own king's business here. This is why it's so important to not be in the partial will of God. You know, the Bible says, talks about uh, discerning the perfect will of God. It means complete. There's an incomplete, there's a partial, and there's a full. Are you listening, church? The Bible says in Colossians chapter 4, Epaphras, one of you, a dear fellow servant, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Must be part of the will of God. If you want partial blessings, be partially in his will. You know, most Christians are partially in his will, and that's why all these little things nag at them all their life. They're in the will of God to the degree that they're going to go to heaven when they leave the earth. But they're not too concerned about living for him daily. And therefore, they experience trials they never would have to experience. God never intended them to experience because they're only in the partial will of God. You want the full blessing? Anybody want the full blessing? Wake up every day and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Every day. If you want the full will of God, you, if you want to see the full will of God, you've got to be in the full will of God. There's a partial. Most people live in the partial will of God. And that's why there's not much difference between the believer and the non-believer when it comes to disease and sickness and poverty and fear and lack and all this other stuff. God's called us up way above this world, guys. And the time, is, the time has come. We need to believe his way is the best way. And quit thinking our way is the better way. The world's way is the better way. The things of God are the most precious things in the universe, and you'll find that out one day soon. Best we find it out now. We don't want to take the things of church lightly. It's his body. It's his plan. We don't want to take the things of his word lightly. We don't want to take these things lightly because it just, it's just not good for us. So, say, I have faith, I have faith. To, overcome it all. to overcome it all. I have access to God. And everything he has. Because I'm an heir of God. And a joint heir with Christ. So what are those things? 
They're there. All right, say this. I, I have been made righteous. I have a right to these blessings. Jesus made me righteous. Okay, you got faith. You have everything God has. You have a right to everything that God has. And you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. So where are the blessings? We see some here and some there, but where, where's the full blessing? Guys, where's the full blessing? has a lot to do with this word desire. Turn to one more scripture, Proverbs chapter 29. Remember, Paul overcame everything because he had a strong desire to fulfill God's will. Now, being out of the will of God cost him some things. The ship was blown apart, right? They spent an extra three months before they got to Rome, but he did get to Rome. He got there. How many know if you make some wrong turns, you can still get there? How many know if you disobey God at times, you can still get there? Might have to go through a little hardship, might, might be a little delayed, but you can still get there. Come on, guys, you can still get there. He still got to Rome, even though they were out of the will of God. And what, you know what interesting thing? They were out of the will of God and had a major revival. What's going on here? God's turning the curse into a blessing. He's helping them out until they get back on the right road. Oh, God is so good. Proverbs 29, 18. I want you to notice here in uh, verse 18, we're going to read out of the King James, and I'm going to read you a couple other translations that I'll just speak them to you. Proverbs 29, 18. What does it say? Where there is no vision, people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. Can I just say something about the happy part? <laughs> Somebody tell me. Where is the happiest place on earth? Well, who said Disneyland? <laughs> I used to think that too. But then I realized Mickey don't have no healing power. <laughs> Mickey don't have no prosperity power and divine protection power, but he does got some fun stuff. No, the happiest place on earth and the safest place on earth is the will of God. Did you know you are safer in the will of God as a missionary in a foreign country where war just broke out, machine gun fire in the streets, and you're upstairs in the hotel? Did you know it's safer for you there if you're in the will of God than if you're back in the States at home out of the will of God? Do you know that? You're safer in a war zone, bullet-flying place if you're doing what the Lord told you to do in your missionary work or whatever. You're safer there than sitting under a palm tree. Amen. I heard Keith Moore sharing this recently. He said, don't laugh. Don't laugh when I tell you this, but it's a known fact. You can study it and look it out. He said, people die all the time because a coconut hit them in the head. <laughs> He said it happens all over. People think, oh, I got my island. I'm under my, my tree, my palm tree. Everything's great. <laughs> if you're out of the will of God, man, you're in a dangerous place. <laughs> Coconut, COVID, you know, it's like, what's the difference? You die. You want to be in the will of God more than anything. Forget geographical location and what you want. Be where God wants you to be. Amen. Be where he wants you to be. We've had opportunities to start a church in Hawaii. We had opportunities to start a church in Mexico, down in Sabo Can Can San Lucas area somewhere. But you know what? We'd rather be in the will of God than just under a coconut tree. Because <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I mean, you, you could be in a place on an island of sand and look up in the sky and say, what's that red thing coming toward me? Oh, a meteorite. <laughs> Guys, listen. This scripture talks about if you want to be happy, do what the Lord told you to do. So the first part of this verse, where there is no vision, the people perish. Interesting thing. There are people right now slowly spiraling down because they lost their heavenly vision. Listen, here's the weird thing about it. They're actually okay with the spiral. 
They're actually okay with it because the good is so far away from them now. The, the, the remembrance of how it used to be has been so blocked by the devil that they're just slowly saying, well, this is it. Okay, I'll probably die pretty soon. And they leave and they die and they go to heaven. You say, what's wrong with that, Pastor? A lot if you haven't finished what the Lord told you to do. When you lose your vision, you lose your desire to do the things he told you to do. You lose your desire to press on. You lose your desire to move forward. I know a lot of us don't have the physical energy that we used to have, but there should still be a desire to be involved with what God's doing in the earth realm. It'll keep you alive. It'll keep you happy. Let me tell you one translation of this scripture. It says, where there's no vision, nothing stirring up your desire for God, where there's no vision, people become demoralized. People become demoralized. Yeah, if there's nothing more exciting in your life than sin, you will sin. If there's nothing more exciting in your life than the pleasures of sin, you'll sin. What if there's something more exciting? You'll think twice about sinning. Let me, let me tell you a good motivation to stay out of some sins. Can I tell you, can, especially certain sins like in relationship areas. Let me tell you a really good desire that'll help you stay out of sin. You ready? Desire that'll help you overcome. What it will do to your family. You know, if, 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 you, if you've ever ministered or counseled with anybody or ever do in the future counsel somebody who's in an affair or, or committing adultery or, or going that direction, here's a really good piece of advice. Tell that person, listen, Listen, you're, you're on dangerous ground. What you need to do is you need to put up pictures of your children on your computer. Put up pictures of your grandchildren and just know that you're probably going to lose them if you keep going this direction you're going. They will not have a single home. They will have brokenness. They will have divorce. They'll have things that... I remember years ago, Blaine Bartel was doing a fire every night. He said the number one fear in children is that mommy and daddy get a divorce. So what's on the other side of me overcoming? How about an actual fruition of the ministry God talked to you about years ago? How about the prosperity he showed you was on the other side of overcoming? How about how many people your healing was going to influence and others were going to get healed? See, strong reasons to overcome have to do with asking yourself, what will my victory do for others? What will my overcoming do for others? Now, there's about four things, and we're going to talk about specific things that will stir up your desire to overcome and you will because your faith will have something to work with. And we're going to talk about that on Mondays on Arise Shine. We're talking about strong reasons to overcome starting tomorrow. And we're going to get down eventually into the reasons like why, why, why be so excited about overcoming? Because it's the will of God. How about that for number one? <laughs> it's the will of God. You know, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't murder, overcome. It's all the will of God. It's important stuff. How about, how about this? You want to overcome something that you know is not of God? You want to overcome a disease or a habit? Okay, here, here's a good reason to overcome. But you've got to meditate on this. You can't just hear it right now. You've got to meditate. What, what's another strong reason to overcome? Well, let me tell you right now. Disease is of the devil. And we are to give no place to him. Meditate on that strong enough until your desire is so strong it's just you kick stuff out instead of praying for God to take it away. Proverbs 29 says, where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. So let me read this to you. I already read it to you. Um, if you're not seeing anything more exciting than sin, you will sin. What if you're seeing something more exciting like a royal call, rewards in the next life, 
overcoming things in this life, rising higher than you ever imagined, being a greater influence than you ever dreamed of. So, with all that being said, look at your vision card. Writing a vision down helps you to stay thrilled and excited about what God wants for you. You know, if you never write your dreams and goals down, you're not serious about reaching them. If you can't even write them down, forget about reaching them. I mean, even God wrote his plan down, right? It is written. Well, here's the thing that we like to do as a church every year. We like to make a vision list. We like to bring those lists together after we've talked to our family, if you've got people in your family at home, uh, we like to bring those lists together on a certain Sunday, lift them up to the Lord, and all of us agree together that what we wrote down on that vision list is coming to pass in Jesus' name. This is how you see things happen. It starts with writing, right? It is written. Well, what you want to do is you want to sit down, and that's, don't, don't think that's not important. You can't do this on the run on February 6th on your way to church. It shows you're not that serious about it. Sit down before then. A couple weeks before then. Sit down. Everybody say sit down. Sit down. Why? Because this is not something you do on the move. This is important. You slow down for this. Everybody say sit down. Sit down. <laughs> You sit down and you talk. You, you take some time with your spouse and children to check your heart and talk about these three areas. Now, this is what the vision list is made up of. You ready? Number one, write down what you desire to give into the kingdom of God this year. What do you desire to give to the work of the Lord, the preaching of the gospel? Remember, we found out earlier in some earlier sessions that giving to the preaching of the gospel is a part of your divine purpose for why you're even breathing right now. You have to realize this is not just a side issue. I got five bucks, I'll give it to the church. This is your purpose for not being in heaven right now. This is one of the reasons we're still on the earth, though being with Christ is far better. People need us. The gospel needs us. Are you listening? This is a part of you. And a lot of people are not fulfilled because they're not fulfilling their purpose. Write down. What do we want to give into the kingdom of God this year? Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about taking your finances seriously and realizing that a portion of your finances can go to the preaching of the gospel. What, what do you want... What do you want your giving and tithing to increase to? This is a very interesting thought. But your income will increase to the level of your desire to tithe and give more. There's something about God getting behind us when he knows what we're going to do with what he gives us. So write down what you want. And you know, the kingdom of God is bigger than Faith Heights Church. I get fed at other places too and I, I support those ministries as well. And there's other places that we don't get fed from. We just want to help people that are in trouble. So write down, what, so if you've been giving, so, so you may have to do a little research, find that what you have been giving to know what you want to increase too. Well, we've been giving 10% and now we've been giving like 5% above the 10% in offerings. So we have a tithe envelope and we have a offering envelope. We always put something in both every time increase comes in. Even if it's just a few bucks. In the other one. But um, in the offering one. So you ask yourself, okay, we've been given 5% last year above tithe. So that's 15%. Now don't go so high that you're crazy and you can't reach it. Or you'll be disappointed in 12 months. How about we increase it another percent? How about 16% this year? So by the time this year is over, we'll have given 16% to the Lord, to his things, to the work of God, the greatest business in the earth. I guess if you're really bold, you might want to say 17% or 19%. Just don't go beyond your faith. It needs to be real to you. Stretch, but don't go beyond your faith. Number two, write this down as you're talking with your spouse or family. What do you owe? Every debt 
large or small, write down the principal, interest, rates, etc. Why? Because you're serious about God helping you get out of debt. It's an honorable thing to pay your bills. It's an honorable thing to get out of debt. I mean, that's honorable. Getting a loan is not wrong and it's not sin, but it's not the best. And God's bringing us into the best shape of our lives this year and beyond. Amen. We are coming up quick. Yes. The world around us needs us in better shape. Our calling up as a church needs us in better shape. So put some things on you. And if it's not for you, do it for the Lord. Do it for other people that you'll be able to help. Number three, this is the fun one. They should all be fun. But this is, this is the one that appeals most <laughs> to a certain part of our lives. Write down what you would like to do or have if cost was not a factor. This, I like to say, in prayer, dream as if all things are possible. This is where you find out where you're at in the poverty mentality. You say, well, I, I, okay, I'll put down this, this little thing here. Don't, listen, if, if God's saying write down anything you do or have, if money was not an option, how about you just write it down? Get unstuck. Some people believe God, some people believe that God is bicycle good. And they can believe for a bicycle. But some people choke when they say, is God BMW good? <coughs> now listen, just because I believe he's that good and you don't believe he's that good, don't persecute me. Get your bike, I'll get the BMW. It's okay, let's just love each other. Respect each other. So, you ask a congregation this size, how many of you believe God is bicycle good? He'll get you a bike. How many believe God will get you a bike? If you need one, you want one. How many believe God is used car good? Anybody believe God gets you a used car? Amen. How many believe God is new car good? Amen. How many believe God gets you a new car? How many believe God is Tesla Roaster good? <laughs> How many believe he's Tesla Roat? That For information, that's a $200,000 battery-operated car. All right. How many believe God is airplane good? See, now we're losing some people, right? Uh -huh. See, you just got to grow in your faith in the goodness of God. How, how, how good is he? You know what he told me one time? He says, now I'll get you five houses, three airplanes, five Rolls Royces, as long as you're putting me first. That's right. As long as you're seeking me first and you love me more than things. Anytime you start to love something more than me, you're in danger of losing it, son. And that includes a person. Amen. Anybody having fun besides me? So what are you going to do, church, before the sixth? You're going to sit down and you're going to write some things down. Get some things on your vision list. Type it out. Do a vision board if you want. Put pictures of what you're believing for somewhere at home, you know? Put, put pictures up like something that you've been desiring and wanting. And just continue to check yourself and remind yourself, this is not for me only. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. I want people to be blessed with what I get blessed with. Yes, I want to enjoy some things, but I want to be a blessing. You know, it's not a sin to enjoy things. God gives us richly all things to enjoy, the Bible says. So there you go. We'll tell you some more about that. Maybe through a MailChimp would be coming through the email. So don't, don't, don't throw your emails away. And if you have unsubscribed from our emailing list, I can, we cannot subscribe you again. You personally have to do that. We checked with it on our MailChimp uh, program. If you've ever unsubscribed from our church mailing list, but you want to subscribe again, we can't just put your email in there and it work. You have to go back. Uh, you have to resubscribe. So, praise the Lord. Amen. Let's stand up, church. Father, we're so thankful and so grateful for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the angels. We thank you for vision. We thank you for a future bright and powerful. We love you, Lord. We take Vision, List, vision Sunday seriously. Help us to write things down that, that would be the best for us the best for those around us. Father, we love you and we thank you for the privilege to serve you in these last days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. 
You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 